Did you hear what said said? Did you hear what said said? How you doing? Excited to be here. Yeah? Yeah. Is this your first time on a podcast? It is. It is? Yeah. Well, it's my honor to have you on. I appreciate <laughs> you coming on. So today, you gave me a phone call, and it was from, just to kind of recap on uh, why we're here. So you gave me a phone call today, and you said that you were, I think, halfway through or like just like you're into the chapter seven, uh, the recent podcast that I just posted. And you said that uh, something was on your heart, I feel like uh, that was wanting to and it has been for a little bit since the since I pretty much started these podcasts. Because uh, you watch them frequently, or the ones that you do watch and you, you, you have something that you want to want to touch on and you want to talk about. Yeah. And that's why you gave me a call and you wanted to talk about uh, a mental health thing because uh, I was speaking on uh, Brent and I were talking about men's mental health and what role men play in the family and things like that. And you were like, dude, I have some great points. I have some stuff that I want to talk about. Like I have, uh, you know, I, I, I'm not even halfway. I'm not even all the way through it. You know, I haven't even watched it all. And I'm already like, I, I got to call you. I got to let you know. Right. Yeah. Um, it's so funny because since the first time that, I posted um, part one, you know, of said, said chapter one, um, you had texted me and you told me you were like said, you know, I have, some, it was a great podcast, uh, proud of you for being, you know, vulnerable and stuff like that. I know it's hard, um, could probably use a little bit of direction. You gave me a lot of good, well received criticism. And I love that. And I appreciate that. And I'm a guy. So I'm not saying all guys, but most guys aren't very, um, you know, structured out and they have these things. Right. And, uh, you know, that's why with the podcast, I'm learning, you know, as I go. But now I have you here and we got some structure going on here. Dude, <laughs> notes and everything. You got notes and everything. <laughs> so so with that being said, uh, you know, you, you had took some notes down and we were uh, it's, it's a current situation that you're you're currently going through right now uh, you recently just experienced um, one thing I want to say before we get started is that I appreciate your courage of wanting to come on it's not easy to expose or to even talk about because uh, I had asked you. you you had talked to me about um, you were talking about you know your your current situation of what was going on and then I asked you I said well do you want to talk about this privately or would, are you wanting to come on the podcast and talk about this? Yeah. And you said that you'd like to come on the podcast and talk about it. And with that being said, I appreciate you want to come on because it's not easy and people are going to see it. And uh, that's very brave. So thank you. Thank you. For that. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so would you like to uh, kind of dive back into um what we were talking about yeah. and, and pick up on, you know, what started that conversation. Direction, yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, it's after listening to all of your podcasts, I just kind of like every time I'm like, Oh man, 
I just, I have this note and I have that note and I have these things. Like, I just want to talk to him. I just want to like get on there and like have the conversation, see, you know, how it flows. Because I feel like a lot of my mental awareness has come from not only learning from others and getting direction from others, but also divulging into self and finding my own grounding Mm -hmm. and what that really looks like in navigating society and how to navigate society with the mental awareness. And I feel like a lot of people, you know, you get to a position where it's like, okay, well, I feel like I'm mentally grounded, but how do I navigate society now? How do I go about this world with this knowledge and um whenever i heard especially your last your last one i was just like okay this is a brain point like i've already talked to him about coming on like i just need to do it i just need to reach out to him and Mm -hmm. do it and literally that was today and i was like Mm -hmm. you know what i'll come after work i'll just i'll just make it happen (laughs) like no more beating around the bush let's just do this i'm i'm like that i it's it's been like that's kind of, kind of like whenever because you asked me like well when can you and i'm like dude whenever like yeah. i'll make time i'll i don't care when just come on if that's what yeah. you want to do really that's yeah. how that how it kind of goes that's how it happens <laughs> now we're here exactly and, uh so with that being said um your current experience of what you're going through right now with your current relationship where with what what's going on in your current relationship to where because that's what we talked about whenever you gave me a call so yeah so i mean i think that you know that kind of sparked my okay this is time it's it's ready it's it's i need to make this happen but i um you know holidays and everything bring a lot of things to the surface and just navigating a relationship where, you know, to give some context and background on myself, you know, having a child with someone and trying to work on and develop a relationship and, you know, reaching a point of, okay, well, maybe I just need to divulge into self and you need to do the same and we need to find this middle ground of who we really are as individuals and see how that looks in our lives and how we move forward with this that's in the best interest of our child. And um, hearing your last conversation really brought me to to this fruition of, okay, you know, I had a very significant conversation with him over Christmas and it changed you know my perception of the level of my own awareness and I think that you know that's really significant for people is when you reach you reach this understanding of self but then you're also able to then step out of self and acknowledge where someone else is and give that understanding and still be able to give that person love give that person support despite the fact that they're not necessarily where you need them to be to be in your area to be in your space to be able to fulfill the needs that you require Mm -hmm. but still be able to say no I do love them no I do care for them and they do hold a space for me but they don't hold the space that might be something that is ideal Mm -hmm. right so it just what what did you hear 
in are you talking about in chapter seven uh with brent the recent one yes. that i just posted yeah, with my, yeah. okay so what did you hear that was kind of like sticking out to you that made you think or what few <laughs> things did you hear yeah. um yeah. honestly it was mostly just grounded on like men's mental health and like focusing on the fact of you know a lot of men don't feel heard and they don't feel that safe space to be able to open up and to communicate and to share their their deep deep dark secrets or you know thoughts that they have or expressions that they have they don't feel like they can be vulnerable Mm -hmm. and you know i feel like for a lot of men it comes from the basis of understanding and you know knowing okay well they know me and they this person does have this, you know, safe space for me and does respect me to this certain quality. And I think that at least in my experience with him has kind of given me an understanding that when you say, sorry, when you say him, this is my son's dad, right? Okay. Um, it's given me an understanding that even though, um, we might not be where we had envisioned to be, that we can still build and grow as individuals and help each other to build and grow as individuals. And I think that that comes with a lot of strength and vulnerability because with a lot of men, you know, once there is the division between the relationship, between, you know, the male and the female, once they separate, then the male is like reserved, doesn't speak anymore. Whereas I think a lot of times the female will still give and give and give and yet the male will just you know receive and be like okay 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 because they no longer feel safe they've already felt like okay well i've exposed to you who i am in the relationship and so now i no longer feel safe in this Mm -hmm. and something that's been really important for me in throughout this process that i've learned is that it comes slowly you know i we have established our bounds our our requirements and our standards and you know being that those are understood in any relationship and that goes beyond just like a mother and father to a child uh this could be a friend a girlfriend and a boyfriend you know there's that boundary between okay you are my friend but you can still trust me but you can trust me on a friendship level to still be that vulnerable, to still open up, even though I'm not your significant other, I can still be nutritious to your life. And whether you're dating or not. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's also something that a lot of society skews on. Like men to men to women relationship as far as just strictly uh, friendship. Right. They don't see it that way. Society doesn't see that. They don't, they find it hard to believe. Mm hmm. Right. And um, that a it's, man it's and a inevitably woman can be, right. They think it's sexual. Like exactly. there's like there's no way you're they, spending time with this person. They have to be for hours at a time. There's mm-hmm. no way you're not doing anything with them. Right. And it's like, well, no, I, I know who I am and I know my standards and I know what my expectations are that I desire from my relationships. And this is not someone that mm-hmm. I envision a relationship with. But that does not mean that I don't care about them that I don't hold a space for them, that Mm -hmm. I don't give them the love and the care that I would give to you as my friend, you know, that you would say to, you know, your girlfriend when you're talking about them, you're saying, oh, yeah, like my really good friend, da, da, da. 
oh, well, something's got to be going on there. Well, no, something doesn't necessarily need to be going on there. I'm just... I think there's a little bit of guilty conscience in that uh, sense because I had I know somebody who had that situation and, and, and they were telling me, um, you know, this person that I'm talking to thinks that uh, they find it hard to believe that I work with this person and I'm not having sex with this person. Right. And I was like, well, have you had sex with this person? And he's like, no, we're just really good friends. You know, like we laugh a lot. We go out a lot. We're always around each other a lot, mm -hmm. but it's always work. It's always whatever. Yeah. She even brings her guy, whatever, whatever it is. Um, and so I said, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's almost like a guilty conscience thing. It's like, uh, she probably feels like if she were working with somebody and was always around that she would probably be having sex with that person. So right. really she's not, what she's saying is or what that person's saying is, if it were me in that situation, I would be. I would be acting different. You know, so that's pretty much what I feel like when people are talking about yeah. that. They're like, yeah, I, I'd be, I would. It's and, a projection. And they're not, it's a projection. You know, it's not, they, it's not that they don't find it that it's like, you know, well, you have to be. It's like, no, 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 you think you would be. That's, yeah, it's a projection. So um, you have to be very, I think you have to be very careful with that. But I think one thing that you're talking about was establishing standards in the beginning, you know, mm -hmm. and I think that's one standard that would be established in the beginning of a relationship. Yeah. Um, so going back to, so with Brent and I talking about mental health, you know, you, you go through Christmas, right? So you got Christmas day, you're, um, so walk me through how Christmas went for you um, in that sense that, cause that's what is kind of, trickled it into yeah. the mental health thing right is because yeah. like you know it, it's when you get into these situations you know with these required relationships it's you know how do I divulge into this how do I not and, just let it be an uncomfortable area of you know and this is this goes beyond just you know exes and relationships of having to maintain this goes into family mm -hmm. you know when you have a fallout with a family member or mm -hmm. You have a disagreement and now things are uncomfortable, but you still have to be around them because there's family events and you have to go or you want to go rather, mm -hmm. you know, you want to be around your family, but you're required to be around one family member that you don't necessarily want to be around. And um, I was actually listening to uh, this snippet from a podcast a couple of weeks ago and it was talking about. Was it said, said? <laughs> it was not. <laughs> But it could have been. It will be. Yeah. Um, it uh, was talking about, you know, having talking points. And a lot of the talking points were, how's the weather? You know, mm -hmm. bringing in things that will spur common denominator So you're talking about talking equations. points. Talking points with people uh, that you are required, you're required to, to talk to yeah. and you're just like, I don't know how to even exactly. start a conversation with this yeah. person. Like, I don't even want to. Yeah. And so mm -hmm. I found that like, you know, when I was sitting there and, you know, just he was doing his thing, I was doing mine. And I was like, you know what? I don't want to ask about the weather. I don't want to talk about something so shallow. Mm -hmm. So... Instead, I spurred the conversation of what's something in your life that you're really excited about right now? Mm -hmm. And that doesn't that the answer is never a yes or no. 
you have to respond with something of substance. Mm -hmm. And so that led into, oh, well, I'm excited about this and I'm developing this and I'm, you know, really kind of looking forward to this. Mm -hmm. And it's led into, so I think a lot of people try to give these surface level questions of how's the weather, how are you doing? Things that are very shallow where you could very easily propose something that is much deeper that will spur much more of a thoughtful mind process mm -hmm. and really feel like give the other person that that understanding that you really do care rather than just talking about something surface level mm -hmm. and really wanting to know about their life really wanting to divulge into that and that is what then led into getting into mental health of men because I think that a lot of men, well, first of all, starting with women and even men addressing other men is mm -hmm. not knowing how to get into it, not knowing how the direction of where to go. Mm -hmm. And I think that that starts with, you know, the person taking that initiative to be like, hey, how is your life? What is something you're excited about? What is something that is making you sad what is something that is bringing you joy what is something that you're really looking forward to things that encourage you to be vulnerable mm -hmm. and then when someone does especially with men because men have a tendency to not be vulnerable especially mm -hmm. when it comes to women um to spur that conversation and then when they do expose they do open to really be keen and aware of how they're opening and what they're saying mm -hmm. and what key points to focus on um, and what things to look at in their response to be able to say, okay, that's awesome. Can you tell me more about da 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 da? Can you expand on this? You know, and I feel like it does so, inevitably lead to a much more nutritious conversation. Absolutely. I agree. And that's what you're trying to get to. That's what right. you try to get to that, that day at Christmas yeah. with, um, with your, uh, son's father. So what did, when he gave you that response, you know, what did he, what did he say? Cause it's not a yes or a no. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, it's not yeah. like a, Hey, are you happy being here right now? Like, yeah. Okay. Not really. <laughs> uh, well, I tried. Yeah. So, uh, I... so what was his response or did, well, did you ask that? question in particular I did or, okay yeah. so what do you what do you say yeah no he was uh, you know he said you know I'm really looking forward to developing you know he's been doing um his real estate so he's about to get his real estate license so he was like you know I'm really excited about that and I'm also really excited about you know potentially being able to get into um he's very vague with his responses so it's kind of difficult in I, that sense i think for people like yourself and for people like me what i mean by that is that i think our upbringing not necessarily but sometimes some people's upbringing they they grow up in that uh environments where it's healthy and it's okay and they allow people to talk and you know whatever yeah um unfortunately i wouldn't say i grew up in that one it was just more of like a by the time I think my parents tried to mm -hmm. get me to do that, I was already conditioned to not really do that. talk to you. Yeah. And, and it was like, well, they realized, you know, like, I think, yeah. don't want to jump the gun on it. But I had to really grow within myself to realize, like, 
you know, this non-communication stuff. And it was through experience, right. you know, like, you know, you don't talk, you don't say whatever it is, you don't, you know, and I'm still, I'm currently still going through it. I'm, I'm, I think I'll continue to keep going through it. But um, men do have a, I think it's a fear of like how you're going to respond. Right. And they're just like worried, like, well, if I say something wrong, will they leave? Right. If I'm very open about something, is it going to cause a problem? And in a way, it's kind of like, well, then they'd rather not say nothing at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes when you're, I don't know, it, it's it's a, it takes, I think it, it's like a ground, um, it's like a thing from the beginning. Like you, you have to, like the, the dating stage, you know, because mm-hmm. y'all are not together, right? I think right. that's something to... I think if they yeah. haven't got that yet, you know, you're not together with this guy. How old is uh, Royce? How old is your son? He will be two in February. Two. And how long did you and his, uh, your son's dad, how long did y'all know each other prior to? Or how long did y'all date for? We knew each other for about two months. Uh-huh. And it was pretty much the first time we slept together. And I then, got pregnant. Yeah. And I, you know, I was like, this is my child. I'm, I'm a believer in what comes, what may. And, you know, I don't like to see it as, you know, consequence. Mm -hmm. So it's a blessing Mm -hmm. and I'm not ever in a position to get rid of it. Like that's just not something that, yeah, Yeah. Mm -hmm. that's something that I stand very strongly on and, you know, others can have their own opinion of it, but that's not something that I align with or something that I agree with. And so, you know, he knew my my position and he knew that I was gonna I was going to keep them. And it was his choice. I told him he said, I, I said, You got eight months. Eight months decide if you wanna hang stay around because once he's here, there's no leaving. Mm-hmm. Because I'm not dealing with that separation. And what was his response? Oh, he wanted to stay full force. Did he? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. We have a very balanced schedule and mm-hmm. work things out. I don't know if he finds it as balanced as I do, mm-hmm. but um, I feel like it's it's really great, and I think it's very nutritious for our child. So what's balanced um, for people who don't know, I guess, or what's balanced in your relationship? In my relationship, it is you know, time spent. So because at this age, you know, he's not even two yet. He's completely and utterly dependent upon us. He's at a point where he's completely learning upon observation Mm -hmm. and direction from his parents and those around him. And um, so what that looks like in day to day is I keep him Monday. I keep him Monday through Thursday all day. And then Tuesday and Thursday, I go into work. So his dad will pick him up around four and he'll keep him those nights. And then Friday, he stays with a sitter because I work all day on Fridays. Um, And then every other weekend, we alternate. So Mondays and Wednesdays are mine and then every other weekend. And then I keep him every day during the day. And this isn't court ordered? No. This is just... This is just my correlation of what works with our schedules right right so y'all so. sat down or y'all talked to each other and you yeah. were like hey i want to see him and you want to see him and 
you try well, to so find a balance for that for the longest it was he kept him monday no he kept him thir- tuesday thursday friday mm-hmm. and then i kept him every weekend and then monday and wednesday okay and then i got this new job and i was working every night and switched it over to okay well you know what we're just going to get rid of the babysitter and i'm going to keep him during the day because i only work at night so there's no reason to pay a babysitter to keep him when i could be keeping him Mm -hmm. and i could be having that more time with him and giving him the direction that i desire for him Mm -hmm. and um in light of that i proposed you know alternating weekends and things like that which was he wasn't too fond of but Mm -hmm. it worked and it is working and it's giving him more time with him and it's giving me more time with him yeah and which is what's most important because at the end of the day the fact that we're both key factors in his life is what's what's the most important thing it is it's very important having two parents um there who care about their child yeah um so he stuck around at what point did y'all stop? Like, uh, what, like were y'all like living Honestly, together? Or no, so, so y'all were always okay. So you weren't living together. No, it. Um, I kind of set the standard from the get go because I've I've lived with past boyfriends and I realized that when I'm living with a man, I'm giving them wifely duties, and mm-hmm. I'm not a wife. So I can be your baby's mother, but I'm not your wife. And I'm not going to be your wife unless I feel that you are deserving of me and I am deserving of you. And um, I, you know, practically knew him for two months when I got pregnant. And so it was kind of like a, you know, it was something that he had proposed. He had been like, hey, like we're having a child. Maybe we should live together. And I was like, no. (laughs) no i'm gonna we'll get there maybe but we're gonna figure this out first and um what were you needing to figure out myself most Mm -hmm. definitely first and foremost you know i was pregnant and didn't i was coming from an extremely abusive relationship i didn't know in myself what left and right was abusive in what way um physically and emotionally Mm -hmm. it was a extremely detrimental relationship and i was stuck in it for a year about a year um it was with my high school sweetheart i thought oh i met i've reconnected with the one Mm -hmm. and um it was just a ball of disaster but at the end of the day i was the one the wrong one exactly (laughs) (laughs) i can look back on it and and feel reassured in the fact that okay well, if, if that hadn't happened, I wouldn't be where I am now. I wouldn't have this this understanding, this progress, this self-awareness that I do now. So it was a blessing in disguise, a very harsh blessing that decided to lay on me, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't be here. And um, I've made the decision to, you know, have the action to have a child and took that responsibility and um, made me who I am. Because at the end of the day, when I found out I was pregnant, I said full force into myself. I yeah. said, I got to figure out where I am and who I am. And Because if I don't, then my child will never be 
who I want him to be because I can't even give him the guidance that I desire for him if I don't even know what that what that direction looks like. Mm-hmm. So, your uh, son's father, how uh, is his upbringing? What was his relationship like with his parents? Um, his mom was always there, still is. Um, as far as his dad, he was kind of in and out of the picture. Um, I know he worked overseas for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, I've met him a few times. He'll come in, he'll come in and I'll make sure like my son gets to see him and things like that. But, mm-hmm. um, it's kind of a rough dynamic there. So, know. yeah, I, I, bet i mean if you have somebody who when you ask him a question he's very vague and it just naturally feels like there's something in the past that and is why he's not like that right and um he hasn't taken the time how old is he he just turned 26 so he hasn't he's still young right uh, although he's only a year younger than me, but I mean, you know, still young. Yeah. Uh, men's frontal lobe doesn't fully finish developing until they're 27. Women um, progress quicker, yeah. and it seems like they're mature, you know, at a young, much more mature at a young age because yeah. they technically have to, and they have to have kids, and their bodies naturally produce and grow faster. Men's yeah. take a little bit more time, obviously. Look around, mm. but um, so with him. It's interesting because it's like, well, you know, it sounds like, okay, so back to the Christmas on Christmas Day, you ask him this question, he gives you a vague answer, and it's like, um, you don't know him very well. It's only been two months that you've known, you talked to him for two months, then you, you know, you had a kid, uh, y'all were in kind of agreement of like what y'all are going to do, of, of wanting to be, he wants to be around in the family, and then, um, you know, the two years later, how, ha- well, before we go back into what Christmas Day was, how have those two years been, you know, how have these two years been? Um, they have been a learning curve, to say the least. Um, well, like, when did y'all st- set those standards of, like, uh, visiting, like, you know, you see him, like, how'd that happen? Like, were, is, was it always like that, or... No, I think that it kind of like once he started to get older and then I started and then we sent him into your baby, his baby. Yeah, mm-hmm. we Sorry sent him over. into um, daycare or not really daycare. It was a babysitter mm-hmm. and um, kind of just developed through that. And he's he started going to her Monday through Friday shoot when he was six weeks old because I had to go back to work. Um, and then we just kind of set on the days of Monday and Wednesday and the weekend were mine and Tuesday, Thursday, Friday were his. Mm -hmm. And that was how it was for the longest. Um, and it wasn't until recently that we actually switched over to alternating weekends. Um, but our relationship, you know, has definitely had its rocky turns and had its ups and downs and ins and outs but um i feel like you know where we are now it might not be ideal for him but it definitely feels ideal for me 
um, mm -hmm. because it's I've worked very hard to be where I am and finding this grounding in myself you know for the longest I you know was completely dependent I was a dependent person on everyone around me mm -hmm. I searched for relationships and bounced from one to the other to the other just longing for that connection longing for that direction because I didn't know how to find it in myself mm -hmm. and so to have worked really hard to you know for those for those eight months that I was pregnant I really tried to make the relationship work I got to know him I really divulged into the person that he is because at the end of the day that was my son's dad I needed to know him like the back of my hand because he's the one person in this world that has a right to my son yeah eight minutes of speed dating yeah literally <laughs> eight <laughs> months pretty much <laughs> and it sounds um, like yeah and I, you know, I love him as a person. I, I think he's a wonderful person. I think that he has so much potential and so much growth ahead of him. Mm -hmm. And I think that he will achieve that if he stays on the path that he's on. Um, and I think that he's a, he's a wonderful dad. He's a great dad. He's, you know, I don't have any bad things to say about him. You know, I do think that he has growth to be made, but don't we all? Mm -hmm. Um and I think that that also comes from my own grounding because myself a year and a half ago would have not viewed it that way. Would have viewed it in a differently, uh, different view. I would have, you know. What way would that be? Just a lot more condescending and a lot more hostile, you know, and a lot more like, I'm here, why are they not? Mm -hmm. When in reality, everyone moves at their own pace, everyone develops at your own pace, just like you said a minute ago about you know, the woman's brain developing sooner than the male's, mm -hmm. you know, even though despite his age, you know, a 42 year old could be in the same shoes that he is and dealing with the same things that he is, but he's taking the initiative now to make the steps that he needs to. Mm -hmm. And, um, I think that that's really impactful and really directional is, you know, knowing and having faith that he will get to that point of understanding and being grounded in himself. And that's something that I told him even on Christmas, you know, I said, you know, I look forward to the time that you are so grounded in, in yourself that you have the well-being and the understanding to move forward, mm -hmm. to find someone that fits you, to find that friends, family, et cetera, to be this vulnerable with and to open up to like this. I look forward to that for you. And I said that to him. I was, does he want to that? Does he want to be that with you? um is that why you he mean be that like it was he there on christmas um because i know he had showed up you had mentioned on the phone that he had showed he wanted to uh or you actually were trying to was it let him you were wanting him to um be a part of this moment right and so is he trying to is it known is there a communication line of him wanting to get back with you or wanting um, to try to be in a um family -oriented. family oriented yeah um i think that he's at least from my perspective made it pretty clear to me that that is his ultimate desire mm -hmm. um so what's I the hold up on that because he is not for me in a position that i'm ready for um, you know, I'm still getting to know myself as grounded as I may feel and as, as 
lonesome as it may be, mm-hmm. I think that it's a necessary it's a necessary turn and a necessary season in our lives to separate from others, to have that division. But I think that it's also a rabbit hole that I think that a lot of people get caught in and don't know how to get out. What do you mean by that? Like a rabbit hole as in you need to figure yourself out and... I, yes and no. A rabbit hole is in you get stuck in the loop of not progressing anymore, but convincing yourself that you are growing and you are you are developing. Yeah, it's called... Well, okay, yeah. And what do you think? Is that where you think you're at? No. Okay. I think that I'm growing. I, I, I see myself in the future finding someone that does, you know, fit who I need and who I desire. And, you know, I think that a lot of that comes from someone else being grounded in themselves the same way that I am. Mm-hmm. And I feel like a lot of people in our society are not. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's extremely difficult to find mm-hmm. is someone that does have that understanding and that wherewithal and that grounding in themselves. Um, and as he is progressing to that point, mm-hmm. you know, I encourage him. I want to be there for him. I, you know, as I do for all of my loved ones, you know, mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I tell my friends, my coworkers, anybody that comes into my life, hey, if you need someone to talk to, like, I'm here for you. Same thing I told him on Christmas. Look, and, I mean, at the end of our conversation, he was like, thank you so much. Thank you for talking to me. Like, mm-hmm. thank you for saying all of these words to me. It really means a lot. Like, look, you can call me anytime. I'm just a phone call away. Like, mm-hmm. I don't care. At the end of the day, I don't care who you are. I don't care what you've done to me. If you call me and you ask for my help, I'm here for you because mm-hmm. I know that even though you might have done X, Y, and Z to me, mm-hmm. it's really boiling down to what you're dealing with, what you are going through. Yeah. So with him, you were, um, you had mentioned something about there's like a desire that you, you're lacking there with him, right? A lack of desire. Is that like a, is there anything that he would be able to potentially change or do to get to that? Because my thing is like, there's this thing I've learned through this book and through this this um, show, it's called The Maze that people get stuck in, right? And it's literally what you were just talking about. Uh, what The Maze is, is that you feel like somebody has done you wrong and uh, typically people want to either get back at that person or they want to um, they want to get they want, it's all about fairness. Mm-hmm. They feel like they've been wronged and they want things to be fair again. Right. And so they it causes a separation. they get stuck in this maze and during this maze, uh, time is passing by. And all these things are, you're just not getting it back because you're stuck. You're just stuck in this, like, this world um, of confusion. You know, you're just like, you're, it's more self-indulge of, like, you're dealing with your own problems. Like, Mm -hmm. you you think that, like, oh, I'm working on my mental health or I'm working on something. But really, you're not. You're not. You're just, you're stuck with uh, quite the opposite. You need to go and address and communicate 
right. what the hell is going on with you so you can get out of the maze that's how you get out of it and you're right. doing it for yourself um well with that kind of being said it's like is there something that because it seems like he's wanting to try or wanting to get out of it but if there's nothing that he can do to try to get what it is that he's looking for you know then you know how how is it that you go about that more or less and then i think that would be something of like being straight up like an honest thinking like hey man honestly i'm not even i'm like i get it you're still working on what you need to work on yeah. and coming out of a year of being uh, mentally abused physically abused uh, along with that is emotional abuse I've heard, I don't know, and I'm not going to make a definitive statement on it, but I've heard people say that emotional and mental abuse is more scarring than physical abuse because at least physical wounds heal and mental scars are tougher and emotional scars are tougher to get over. Yeah. So. Oh, it's a very true statement. <laughs> okay, cool. I, I don't know. Yeah. And, and, and it may be true to you and it may not be someone else's like, hey, man, I'm physical oh, yeah. scar, you know, but I, I've heard it and. My thing is, like, this guy seems like a good guy. Seems like he's, you know, you, you even said it yourself. He's yeah. a good father. He's a good person. He's really working on himself, has a lot of potential. You know, you're just not ready for it yourself. Right. And I think along, because this whole thing is, we're talking about is a lot of mental health. You know, it's a lot of, the, the, you're a single mother and you're trying to provide for your child. You're also, it seems, a little... Uh, scarred because you went through some domestic personal abusive relationships in the past which by the way takes a lot of courage to kind of admit that because a lot of you know a lot of girls don't want to talk about that um and it seems like there's a lot of although he even if he is communicating himself to you maybe he needs to understand more of where you're coming from or like understand your past more, which would mm -hmm. cause you to be more vulnerable about it, you know, because it's like, well, maybe you are ready. Maybe you're not, but maybe you are ready. You just need someone to listen to you and walk you through that to get right. you back to that. Uh, what's scary is giving what it sounds like it's what you're telling me is that it's scary giving yourself to live with someone again or have that around or to be because you're committing right. and it seems like you know that you're the type of person that you have standards for yourself and that you're yeah. if you're committing you're committing right but if you're not you're just going to be you're going to be back Long off distance. your distance yeah which makes sense you know it makes sense because it just makes sense you're protecting yourself right you're protecting your child and uh but at the same time it's not like you're feeling the way that you feel and you're keeping your kid from him, you know, you're still cordial. Yeah, you're still letting him see him. I mean, I but think that like what you're saying really, I didn't mean to cut you you're off. You're good. Don't worry about it. I talk <laughs> forever. I will. And believe me, I'll still talk. <laughs> Go ahead. I think that it really kind of like sparked something is the fact of, you know, you said needing someone to help me get to that point. And I think that that point looks like, at least for me, and I feel like a lot of women out there don't know how to reside in feminine energy. And what's that? That's new to me. Really? That's a new term, feminine energy. <laughs> Your feminine energy. So 
the energy that as a woman you are intended to exude the vulnerability the the trustworthiness the caretaker to be able to do all of those things you have to have a man in your life that is taking care of the protecting the fundamentals the basis you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. so that a woman can take care of the children with the understanding that things will be paid for things will be taken care of the understanding that she can open up to you about past relations and or future relations or current relations and not feel like she's invalidated mm -hmm. or expressing feelings of x y or z and not feeling like you're you're now feeling like you are being attacked when in essence it's just her vocalizing her opinions and her feelings and i feel like for me being that i at 19 moved out with a hundred dollars in my pocket and a backpack on my back and said here we go you know from that moment i left my feminine energy i became a you know for someone to tell me in the past oh you're so independent you're so strong you exude such dominance and strength it's just crazy that you've been through what you've been through i used to take that with pride i used to be so enthusiastic like yes i am and now i've kind of gotten to a point where i'm just like it's that's dumb. no longer flattery sorry yeah, no like dumb. no kidding like i'm not i'm not sorry no offense there. like it's dumb no like i don't want to be there i want to be able to <laughs> put my feet up at the end of the night <laughs> right? and know that i'm taken care of right and i want to be in the presence of a man that i know that is going to come home from work and i'm going to come home from work and we're going to get our children and we're going to be happy and we're going to be taken care of and it's not just going to be all on me it's not just going to be, well, the house is clean because of me. The clothes are clean because of me. The bills are paid because of me. The children are fed because of me. Yeah. You know, it's not, I don't want to live like that. That's not what I, I can do that on my own. So for a man to come into my life, you need to show me that I can step out of that. I no longer have to carry all of those responsibilities. Mm -hmm. And a lot of men in today's society mm -hmm become one of your children they mm -hmm. become a another limb that you have to take care of mm -hmm. you have to feed them you have to decide where you're gonna go you have to decide what you're gonna do you got to decide what you're gonna have have for dinner how do you like your full clothes folded how, like mm -hmm. x y and z when in reality i don't want to decide all of that for you mm -hmm. i don't want to take care of you as my child Mm -hmm. I want you to be my supporter. I want you to be my grounding. I want you to be that person for me so I don't have to be it for everyone else. Yeah. And I think that that's, you know, what society is skewed as women taking power. And that's not at all what the intentional meaning is. Mm -hmm. So. I think there's a lot of women, uh, a lot of music uh, that is saying that women need to be that way right. you know be independent be strong be all these things you know you know you know how it goes like f this dude go get it on your own yeah. you know uh i think that's wrong and i think men need to realize that women do want that from you 
and we need to start putting men back on pedestals as much as that seems wrong or it seems uh like almost like just because a man is i think a, a true biblically a man is supposed to lead by example lead the family right. and naturally the woman follows yeah naturally she's going to because if he has a good moral basis and faith with God uh, and he's following Christ and he's following the way he needs to be to take care of you know his family, to be kind, to be compassionate, to be all these things, and he leads properly, then the wife is naturally going to want to follow him. Exactly. Naturally. Like yeah. it's, it's She'll just see it. Yeah. it. Women just follow. It just... It just, it's just what happens. Um, now, I still think that I don't think that I don't think that men have been conditioned or been taught that because if you look at a lot of people's dads, if you look at a lot of friends' dads, they're, they're not, not there. good examples, or they're not there. Yeah. They're horrible examples. Um, all they're taught is, is what we were talking about in chapter seven, which is probably what made you feel so moved was, you know, you got these guys that just think that we're conditioned by society that we're supposed to just provide. Mm -hmm. We're supposed to just go to work, provide, take care of things. And and then that's it. That's all a man's job is. But quite honestly, I feel like a man's job is to do those things. But also, you need to learn how to uh, be good with communication. Uh, women are very emotional creatures. Uh, it's, I mean, it's just known, right? Or emotional. And it's good to uh, have to watch my words because you know how you've heard, I'm learning through each show yeah. to watch my words. But sometimes Cedric comes out and just says it how it is. But learn how to correct, but not in the way of like what people think when you hear correction or checking right. but learn how to hold the person accountable and, and realize like know your person like okay yeah what's going on with her we need to lead this right. um lead her out of her emotions be more principled and let's guide this conversation yeah. of what's really going on like hey look i um and it's understanding yourself sorry it's understanding yourself first of your own um tendencies right right and looking at yourself of your own past getting to know yourself and then that's how you can help out someone else right. uh, you can like hey you know I, you know i'm so sorry that you went through your abusive relationship I, i'm sorry like, i don't know why that happened but hey you learned something you experienced something and i know it's going to take a lot i'm looking this is what i want th and that's what men need purpose you know right. and women should be a damn good purpose <laughs> yeah. but you know, if you have in your situation, you have a, a child, right? So that purpose should be the child that you want to like for your guy. M what my suggestion would be is that, you know, my dad don't have resentment towards his dad. Like my dad, I actually watched uh, I'm Not Your Guru mm -hmm. by Tony Robbins on Netflix. Yeah, it was beautiful. Cried like three times in it. <laughs> Cause it touched my heart yeah. and I called my dad and I said, uh, and I was bawling while I was talking to him. And I said that I am sorry for ever making you ever feel like you weren't a good father because you were doing the best that you could. 
and because of who you weren't as a father and because of who you were as a father is why I am the person that I am today. So thank you. And I think a lot of people need to stop having resentment towards their parents and start realizing that everything you've experienced and who you are in your life, if you're above pretty much, I feel like above, like if you're our age, you know, if you're above 20, if you're at 18, it's really hard because it's like, man, you're still brand new to the, (laughs) to the, you know, you're just like, it's like 22, 23 up there. Kind of like 24 if you're a guy. Like, yeah, when you're up you're, there, it's time to start. You have to start realizing like, you know what? It's not about your mom or dad anymore. And you can't be using that victimized BS anymore. Right. You know, it's now it's now like you've been presented with life. How yeah. How are you going to dictate? Even it? if they didn't teach you. Now you're in this world. Now you're in this life. What are you going to do about it? And how are you going to proceed in life? You got to find that. Yeah. And a lot of uh, men don't find that. Uh, instead, they, you know, with your guy, he would be 24, be, you know, like he has a kid at 24 years old. Yeah. Right. Uh, my brother was 16 whenever his, uh, him and his, when he was, when him and his girl uh, were conceived at conception and then they had the kid at like 17. So he was 17. She was a little bit older, but. He was 17 when he had his first child. Right. Dude, I like 17, you know, that's very young. And um, it turned his whole entire life around. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was not doing good things, and now it turned his whole entire life around. Um, it gave him purpose. I feel like a lot of men need to have purpose in this life and need to figure out themselves and understand that women want that. You know, women want you to know to be confident. They want you to know what you want and they want you to go after it and they want to be led as much as as much as they act like they may not want to. But it's almost in a way of like, you know, it's a defense to society somewhat because society is trying to say that y'all need to be equal with us. And quite honestly, like how I see it is, is like, why would y'all want to be equal? Why do y'all want to go work? It's not. That's the problem that that, at least in my opinion, which differs Mm -hmm. from a lot of people that stand in in different shoes is, you know, there's this equality, this massive movement of equality. It's been going on for years. And really, in in my opinion, the equality is really just driving apart the family. I think it is too. And it's like a competition. It is. And at the end of the day, being a mom, having a child, if I had the opportunity to be told, hey, I'm going to go to work. Mm-hmm. You stay home with the child. Mm-hmm. And then when I get in from work, I'll give you a break. Go mm-hmm. take a nap. Go do whatever the hell you want to do. That seems like a luxury mm-hmm. to not have to pinch pennies, to not have to find somewhere, so find someone to take care of him, find a trustworthy source to take care of him, mm-hmm. find someone that I can rely on so that I can go make the money to support my family, to yeah. support my child. And... You know, that's not at all the ideal situation. And even if it's in a relationship, you know, I'm married. Yes, I want to have a hobby. I want to have things that I'm doing, things that I'm pursuing, mm-hmm. but necessarily going to a nine to five. No, that's not necessarily how that I would desire for that to look. Now, yeah. nine to five in my studio making art. Yeah, sure. But mm-hmm. I think that looks different for everyone. And so for everyone, that that image is different. 
but I think so too. But I think it's also knowing your standards. No, like you said, you gotta know your standards. You gotta know what you want in life, and then you gotta learn how to express that to people. Right and express it to people. I think too many people hop into something without wanting to express that side. Yeah. Like, hey, this is what I want. And the reason why they don't do it is because they know once they say these things, there's a potential for them to leave. Yeah. And so they like, and they're scared to be alone. Yeah. And they want someone there and they BS and and they, or they find someone new and it's like a, down the same rabbit hole. It's a thrill, (laughs) right? It's a thrill every time. It's like, oh, we're new. We could, most most men yeah most men bullshit in the beginning and uh they're good at it and everything that you want to hear yeah just a couple months down the road be like actually yeah this is not at all what i want exactly and what the sad thing is is that while men bs about it women don't say what they need to say about what because they're you they know, require yeah what they the require yeah they play the, the game yeah, yeah they do the same thing they won't say like hey you know, this is what I'm looking for. This is what I need or whatever. You know, I'm not what, cause they, they're like you said, they're lonely. They, they need right. that companionship or whatever it is that they're looking for. So it's a lot, I think it's a, it's a common thing of like, people need to start being more truthful about what they want. Right. It, it well, saves a lot of time. But the only, the only way to do that is to be more grounded in self. And I think a lot uh, of a, people mm-hmm. don't take the alone time with themselves. I mean, when I first started at my job, you know, we had to roll silverware. Like that's just part of working in the restaurant industry. Your side work, you got to roll silverware. And I remember, oh, maybe I started. I started like the beginning of the year, and a couple months in, I got to the point where you know we were in slow season, so I would just go to a back room, bring a bunch of silverware, bring a bunch of linens, and just sit and roll by myself. If a, I wouldn't be on my phone because if a manager came in and checked, which they did often, I would get in trouble if I was on my phone. So every mm-hmm. time I was just in there rolling silverware, next thing I know, I'd have like 200 silverware stacked up, rolled. Mm-hmm. And of course, manager coming in like, whoa, that looks nice. You did all that? Mm-hmm. And But then when my coworkers would come in, it'd be a totally different atmosphere. They'd be like, what are you doing in here? Why are you doing this? Why are you alone? How are you sitting in a room alone with yourself? Mm-hmm. And I got to the point of just, you know, at first it was kind of like a, oh, I feel like I'm in the wrong. Like, what did I do? Like, And then I kind of got grounded in myself in the fact of I just like myself. I like my thoughts. Mm-hmm. I like divulging into and dissecting what my brain comes up with mm-hmm. because there's two sides to our brain. There's just like the little angel and the little devil mm-hmm. there when you don't give your own self the attention that you require mm-hmm. for yourself the angel and the devil voices start to get skewed they start to meld together you start to not know what is right and what is wrong mm-hmm. And so when you actually sit in silence with yourself and hear your thoughts, hear your own processing and understand, okay, I had this, this is what happened in my day and this is, this is how I responded. Now, do I align with that? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I do. I, I agree with how I addressed that situation, but could I set it up different? I could have said it different. Yeah, I could have. I could have said this instead of that. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, so am I in the wrong? 
no in this aspect, but yes in this aspect. So you're getting to know yourself. You're divulging into where your standards lie, where your mm-hmm. expectations lie within yourself. Because like I was saying earlier, you can't set expectations for other people. You can only set them for yourself. Do you believe that you can do that if you had a partner? With yeah, you? most yeah. definitely. Because I feel like at least at the point that I am, I have the standards that I have set. Mm-hmm. I have those things that I know that I need. And I know that I, in order to entertain you in my life as that substantial character, you have to exude these standards. Mm-hmm. Do you have to meet them in full? No, because I know that whatever you don't fulfill, I will fulfill. Because right now, I fulfill everything by myself. So to have someone step in and say, hey, let me take that over and let me take that over. Mm -hmm. It's like when I'm carrying a big tray Mm -hmm. and I've got all these plates and all these cups and I'm carrying it back to the back and I'm struggling, barely making it. And one of the dishwasher or one of the busters comes over and says, here, let me take this. Let me take this and let me take this. And then I keep walking like, oh, thank you. And then I keep going, I keep going, and I see one of my coworkers, and they come up and they say, you know what, just let me take the whole tray. Just Mm -hmm. let me take the whole thing, and I'll carry it for you. Mm -hmm. It's like that. You know, you have these things that you carry, that you can carry, that you are, that you know that you can carry, but to have someone step in and say, hey, let me do that for you. Mm -hmm. Let me carry that for you, because I am more capable of carrying this for you than you are. I I hear what you're saying. I feel like there's some people, though, that feel like if they allow someone to carry that for them, they look weak or they feel like they're not doing for themselves enough. Well, and that's where that's where the problem lies of what society has skewed on men and women. Well, more or less on women pushing it on y'all. Yeah. And the I the the beautiful thing well, I don't say beautiful it's ugly but the I I find I find some systems to be I don't know I wouldn't say beautiful it's just like it's like wow that's it's beautiful in a dark sense it's, it <laughs> is in the darkest sense it's like wow you genius evil you know what like yeah. sobs bro like so what they're doing is, is their um, society right now is trying to make it to where y'all don't need us anymore right you don't need men. Right. And that men don't need to work that hard. Yeah. See, the fact is that why men uh, don't have to go, you know, bust their butt for a high-paying job, whatever, is because they're pushing y'all to go work. Yeah. So now you got a double income versus the guy always having to go find or look for that better job or always stay for that promotion or whatever, try to move up. But no, you don't have to really anymore because now mm-hmm. you have like a little double income or you don't have to be that knight in shining armor anymore. Right. He's got your because you're working on it. Yeah, you know, you're trying to become it's a double that. income. It's two of you. Yeah, he he, he don't. It, uh, society is funny in the sense of like it's literally pushing the men out of everything, mm-hmm. and um and really it's you shouldn't devaluing the man. You're devaluing us. Yeah, because not you, but like society is devaluing society. yeah us so quickly yeah. and so hard, which is in return breaking up the family. See, a lot of people don't understand that division is the key. Divide and conquer. It's the oldest thing in the world. And they're just trying to divide and conquer. Mm -hmm. They're trying to divide our families, divide the man from the woman. They're trying to make you compete against us. And it's just a world of uh, you have to be, I guess, sound in yourself and know yourself to uh, move through that. Yeah. But... um, 
I mean, really, it is. It is a division of the family because what that leads to is, you know, this is back in freaking 70s and 80s when people were pushing for this kind of thing, you know, that, that the spike in divorce rate was unfathomable. You know, it, it's... Compared once, to now, it ain't nothing. Right. Well, I mean, once women hit the workplace, mm-hmm. you know, the spike in adultery and cheating and division in the family became absorbent. You know, divorce wasn't popular like that. Divorce wasn't a thing. People didn't do that. People didn't divide their families. But once women hit the workplace, things shifted. Because now men and women were alone. Men and women had these designated times to be with men and women where they were not supervised, where they were not, you know, X, Y, Z. And, you know, as much as I do give credibility to that depiction and those statistics, which are valid, it's also, you know, for me, I do agree with the fact that, you know, if you are a woman and you desire to work, Go for it. I agree. Do your thing. Yeah. You know, I think to each their own. Absolutely. And, mm-hmm. but for someone that does not desire that and does not necessarily have that drive to want to do that, mm-hmm. it's extremely difficult to find someone, you know, as a female to a man or a man to a woman to find those people that don't rely on that, that don't seek, hey, well, if I have a job, you better have a job. If I'm bringing home money, if I'm paying for this bill, you better be paying for that one. It's all about upbringing as well. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it has a lot to do with. There's a whole lot, you know. Oh, so yeah. it's a, it's a lot of. I, I yeah, I get it. It's a whole lot of standard. It's a it's a lot of uh, knowing yourself. And I think you do need someone else. I think everybody. I'm starting to realize that now. I think in order to get to where I need to go, I need uh, to find that. And understand that and good thing I am on it because I I'm finding purpose and I think that's what it is you have to find your purpose of what the hell you want to do in your life and what do you want to be because that's gonna drive you to never bend break or fold or give up because you're like these people depend on me yeah I it's non-negotiable I have to get this done I have to if you you if you're pissy, and when I come home, you got about however long because we need to talk about it. Yeah, we need literally. to first off, we need to figure out through communication. Okay, when you get mad, try to tell people, and y'all can take this one for a gym. Uh, if you're with someone, whether it's in your family or not, like or what? Sorry, whether if if you have a, like a if like with your your family or it's with your your significant other or your girlfriend or whoever, uh, work on a code word. Um, of when you're upset because it's hard to say it's easy to say like you know hey when you're upset let me know it's like yeah okay emotions yeah. are high bro I can't even I don't no. even want to talk to you right now I'm just gonna yeah so like give me yeah even that like just give me a uh, and I say the funnier the word the better because it yeah. kind of loosens up the, the moment a little bit but like hey right. you know shenanigans like okay cool but right. understand what shenanigans means shenanigans means that I got 30 minutes or an hour to be as breathe. pissed off, breathe, get the hell away, go do whatever it is you have to do. But understand within that time, you're going to come back and I'm going to come back and we're going to talk right. about this. And because although you are mad, 
you have to understand that I'm upset as well. I'm right. feeling off because you're feeling off and right. we need to get this through. We can't go days, weeks, whatever, yeah. lingering this BS on. Right. Um, and it's a lot of communication. It's a lot of, it takes a lot of maturity of growth to get to that point. I think so many men uh, hold women to this, this standard of like, I don't know, of like, just, I don't know, it, relationships and everything is just, I see it all around me and it's just so frustrating because there's just literally no communication. Yeah. As soon as somebody tries to open up about something, they want to judge or they want to throw it in their face or they want to throw the past you in their face. You did that to me, well, so that's why I made you feel that way. Yeah, and it's like, and it's, no. like it's like, nah, man. You're doing exactly what you did to me. Right. Yeah. It, it's a whole um, slew of like, okay, what's our goal? What's our purpose? What are we trying to do? If that's even our goal yeah. or our purpose. If you're going to come to my life, this is what is going to have to pretty much have to be like, right. I don't, I call them non-negotiables. This, I yeah. do not budge on these yeah. things. And what do you not budge on? Yeah. It's all an experience. Uh, I think with mental health, that's where with men, cause it's all started with like, you know, the, you know, it's conversations that y'all had on Christmas day and stuff like that. It's, it's like, well, you know, he needs to realize where you're coming from, hear you out, but then maybe stop being so surface level with you. And maybe he needs to dive further into you. Although you may be a open person or you think that you're an open person. Um, maybe there's more to that, which there always is. Uh, but I think that also ties into mental and emotional awareness levels kind of like what you know we kind of touched on earlier but to kind of go back is just like i feel like everyone you know on a scale of one to ten you have your your mental mental and emotional awareness functioning levels of where you are mm. everyone is functioning at let's you know you could throw them on a grid of one to ten mm-hmm. oh they're functioning at a two you know they're 17 they're functioning at a three you know, as you grow and you develop and you become your own, the more rounded you are in yourself, the higher that you grow on that level and the more aware you are to function on those levels. So let's say, you know, you're functioning at an eight and you try to get into a relationship with someone that's functioning at a six or at a five. And they're saying, look, I'm giving you my everything. Why is this not enough? I'm giving you everything. And you're sitting there like, you're giving me your bare minimum. I'm, you aren't even, you are barely meeting my bare minimum. Mm -hmm. You're sitting on the couch all day when I'm gone. Or I come home and you say you're going to come over and you, I say, hey, will you pick up food? Yeah, what do you want? Well, you know what I want. Mm -hmm. Or, or do they? Exactly. Have you paid attention to me enough to know what Mm -hmm. I want? You know, things like that. And it's like, you know, it, you reach a point of, I mean, at least with living with, you know, my exes in the past, you know, I, I developed an understanding of, okay, well, you know, if I'm going to work every day and you're, and I'm coming home and you're sitting at home alone, why are the dishes not done? Why are the clothes not folded? Why are the clothes not at least moved from the washer to the dryer? Mm-hmm. You know, things like that. Why is the bed not made? You know, you know that these are standards that I have set that you like as well, that you agree with. Why are they not completed? Mm-hmm. And then 
that spurs into fights and that spurs into problems and even then going into even further well I do this for you I don't like cleaning up your food in the morning after you've sat and played video games all day and passed out on the couch and then I come back I wake up in the morning and I clean up after you I put all your things away or you know you do xyz and I clean up after you or I make you dinner I don't enjoy doing those things I do those things because I care for you and because I want you to be taken care of and I know that they mean something to you mm-hmm. and that's my functioning level whereas someone that's functioning at you know a five or a six and they're saying I'm doing everything I'm doing everything for you and it's not enough mm-hmm. well because they are doing everything. They're doing everything that they are capable of. Because for another six, they would be like, oh, this person's giving me the world. Mm-hmm. They're doing everything. And yet for someone that's functioning at a higher level, they're not doing enough. Mm-hmm. Because they're not meeting those standards. They're not meeting that bare minimum of what you require because you're on such a higher plane. Right. And to meet someone functioning on a higher plane is very challenging. Once you get to the higher planes, mm-hmm. it's like, wow, I'm standing on a mountain up here alone. Mm-hmm. And there's someone over there on that mountain, but they're really far away. And I can kind of wave to them and say hi, but that's pretty much it. Mm-hmm. And you look down the mountain and you see all these people that are kind of coming up the mountain, but they're really not there yet. And so if they throw you a ball, it's really not reaching you. Mm-hmm. And you're having to go down the mountain to get the ball, to throw it back to them. Mm-hmm. And so you find yourself in these relationships with people that are functioning at lower levels where you are now lowering your level. You're now coming down from where you are to meet them. Yeah. Because they are not capable of coming up to where you are because they've mm-hmm. not been there. You have been there. So you know what that looks like. So you can step down to those levels. You can be that. You could be that equal to them. Mm-hmm. And you could be that equal and then some. Mm-hmm. But they can't be that equal and then some because that is their max. That is where they're mm-hmm. at. And to be there with someone and then try to help them to grow, mm-hmm. at least in my experience of being in a significant other relationship, when you are functioning at a higher level than what they are and you are trying to help them grow, help them get to, hey, come see the view up here, mm-hmm. there develops resentment. Mm-hmm. And it becomes more of a, oh, you're just better than me. <laughs> you're just throwing it in my face because you're better than me. Mm-hmm. You feel like you're on this such higher plane. You're so, you, you bring so much more to the table than I ever could. And it's like, from up here, no, I'm not. I'm really just trying to get you to see what it's like. Mm. And I'm trying to give you the tools. And if you just take these tools and use this slingshot and shoot it up here, Mm -hmm. you would see what it's like. Mm -hmm. But that's not how they'll see it. And that's not how you being where you are, if someone on a, you know, vibrating on a 10 is speaking to you, you know, you're over here like, (laughs) Man, they're know-it-all. They just, you know, da-da-da-da. So it's all in context of where someone is at in their life Mm -hmm. and understanding and having that grounding in yourself to know I am here, you are there, and you're there. That's where I want to be. 
that's where I've been. But because I've been there, I know what it's like. And mm -hmm. I no longer have this eating resentment or anger towards someone that's vibrating lower than I am because it's like, I'm going to try and give you the tools, whether you take them or not is really not my, my, my control, mm -hmm. but I'm at least going to present them to you. And if you decide to take them, that's amazing. And I'm so happy that you're going to let that be fruitful to your life. But if you don't, that's okay. And when you're ready, please call me, please <laughs> let me know. Cause I want to be here for you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But in the interim, it's just kind of having patience and having understanding for people to know that, you know, and I think that that's something that being a mom has really, really taught me. Mm -hmm. I can't tell you how many times a day I tell my son, let's work on our patience. <laughs> let's work on our patience so much so that now he'll say, mommy, patience, mommy, patience. Mm -hmm. And, because, you know, he'll come down and he'll say, you know, in the mornings, I want yogurt. I want yogurt. Go straight to the refrigerator. Mommy, I want yogurt. And I'll say, okay, mommy's, you know, doing X, Y, Z in the morning, getting things ready. I'll get your yogurt in just a second. Let's work on our patience. Hmm. And, you know, I think that's something that's really key because today's society, especially with social media and everything, so much ready at our fingertips that we have lost touch of what patience looks like. And it's put a very heavy weight on self-progression and self-understanding and not even just within the self, but within others. Because we want things and we want them now. So to give you patience to get to where I am, to hell with you, I'm done. And that's not really how it goes, you know, especially with, you know, in some contexts, yeah, you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm a lot further along in this than you are. So I don't want to have to fix you or mm -hmm. show you the ropes of how to do this. Go get a therapist. That's what they're mm -hmm. there for. But for someone that is required to be in your life, oh, family and friends, etc. <laughs> You want to help them. You want to help them grow and learn mm -hmm. those kinds of things. Now, when it comes to a significant other, there's only so much you can do. Because if you try to do too much, they will resent you. They will build a rapport about you because it's not just a family-friend relationship. It's a Even with family, it can be rickety too. But it's not just a friendly relationship where you're just helping a friend out. It's now a, oh, you're better than me kind mm -hmm. of thing. Yeah, I can. I've experienced that one. And that's true. Um, well, I, wouldn't, I don't know if it's true. Which side have you experienced it on? I have experienced. So that's why I say I don't know if it's true because I I because now you're asking me to make it a true statement. Because yep. I'm having to decide which, <laughs> which side I'm on. I would say that I don't I don't even want to say <laughs> I'm not going to say because <laughs> I'm not sure if this person watches or not. Fair. So uh, but I I would say that I feel like I'm typically on the side of um, wanting to put you on, you know, like wanting to open your mind. I know my boy yesterday said or like two days ago, I think two days ago. Yeah. He said, uh, that I'm emotional. I'm an emotional person and I don't like 
talk about it. That's not very true. I mean, I, I do know how to like articulate and get my emotions out and how yeah. to talk. I really, really do. Um, a lot of the problem starts to bear with the uh, the other people. Yeah. Um, a lot of space. a lot of people like to say that they like to communicate and they want to communicate, but mm, I don't know. When you have somebody that knows and wants to communicate, it's really hard to you know meet that. And it does take patience. And me, I'm not a patient person. Yeah. I'm learning to be. But, and I am a patient person, but it's, there are times where I become very impatient and yeah. I just want it. Like, it's I'm, patience and context. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. like you said earlier, you made the point of like, you're in a fight and you're not agreeing mm-hmm. and you know, you're, you're not about the whole wait a couple of days, wait a week, whatever. No. I mean, that that is a different context because, like, I agree with that. I think that that is a totally different context of patience because that type of patience is when you're actually in a substantial relationship. And, you know, at least for me, when I get into those relationships, I have that standard set of if we are fighting, you, I'm going to come to you and I'm going to say, hey, this is what's bothering me. Mm-hmm. Are you mentally ready to have this conversation? And if you say, no, I'm not, I'll say, okay, I understand. I'm not going to force you into it right now, but it's one o'clock right now. So this needs to happen before the end of the day. Please let me know when you are ready. Yeah, and some, it, some, it, go ahead. Go ahead. No, some, <laughs> some people feel like I, I've noticed because I used to have someone be like that where they wanted to talk about it and I was on the opposite end and I guess I was at that bottom of that mountain yeah. and I was having, they did that to me and all it did was made me more. Right. More withdrawn. Withdrawn. Right. And it's like, it's, it's shitty. It sucks because you know, you're caring for this person. All you want to do is make them feel better yeah, and get through it. But it's like, I don't think they're mentally, emotionally, as there is they would want or feel like they can't even draw themselves to even find an ounce of that and there is people who i know personally that are old or who are like that yeah it's something i i'm trying to figure it out i don't get it i don't align with it i don't i I, people aren't truthful yeah you know and i think it's because one it's i think it's comfortability I think yeah. it's like they're you're asking them to be something that they young or old you're asking them to leave something that they have been and that they are yeah and you're needing them to be something completely different and they're yeah. like well like no you're asking but i mean i've seen it in a lot of much. young people too no, that's what i'm saying I, I just yeah i just said that i was like they're yeah. a lot of young and older older yeah. and young but like a lot, of, a lot of young people it's a fear of it's not even fear. It's a fear of vulnerability, but it's also like a, who are you to tell me? Mm-hmm. Like, I know best. Yeah. I'm however old. Yeah. I'm an adult now. I do all these things. Or it's a, I work for myself. It's I, like a, they don't even know how to dissect the problem within themselves. So they're scared to even have the conversation. Yeah. Not properly. Yeah. Yeah. And they and, don't want to lose you because of saying something wrong or misinterpreting or X, Y, Z. And that all just comes from not being grounded in yourself. Yeah. And it it takes experience. 
It takes a lot of experience. It take and then it. Well, not even experience. It takes due diligence. It takes mm -hmm. due diligence because I mean, yes, experience does inherently tie to age. Because the older you get, the more you experience. That's just True. inevitable. True, but I agree but with what you're about to say already. It Go ahead. is. <laughs> yes, it, it is. It is due, due it's diligence. due diligence yeah. in yourself. Because you could be 16 years old, but have done the due diligence to know yourself. Mm -hmm. Now, granted, your mind is going to change a lot. So let's switch that to like 18 or 19, 20. You've done the due diligence to understand and know yourself mm -hmm. so well that anything that the world presents to you, any person that the world presents to you, you can divulge into that and know going into the relationship where you stand. Yeah. Whereas people that do not know themselves, you know, they get into a fight and they're like, I need a week to process this. I need to step, I need to step away. I need to take my time. I need to figure out what the heck is even going on here because they're not grounded in themselves. You know, when you're grounded in yourself, you know your standards, you know what you expect for yourself. You know what you're willing to do. You know how you're willing to negotiate the relationship. And so when a problem arises, you take your time. Let's say, you know, look, I need, give me like 30 minutes. Let me just breathe. Let me figure this out. Let me divulge my thoughts because I don't want to say anything that isn't going to align with myself. Yeah. You know, I don't want to say anything out of anger and out of hurt. So yeah. let me figure this out so that I can present to you <laughs> what I really feel. Yeah, I think a lot of people, um, that's why at the end of every episode I say love yourself so that you can go love someone else. The reason why I say that is is because I think it's important when you go to talk to somebody, you need to ask them, how do you deal with failure? How do you handle failure when you fail something? Right. Um, how do you handle something that is disappointing when you disappoint yourself when was the last time you disappointed yourself when was the last time you forgave yourself right when's the last time if they don't forgive themselves if they're not dealing with their past or they haven't accepted their past right. they're not going to accept you right. or your past or when you mess up they're going to hold that against right. you forever because they hold it against themselves yeah. and it's the saddest thing because it's like you need to learn to let go and let you like love yourself yeah well, that's the key. That's my favorite thing to ask people as I'm getting to know them is, do you love yourself? Mm -hmm. And then just sit. Mm -hmm. And most of the time you sit in silence for a minute. Yeah, but like see. You just sit there and they're just like, <laughs> I don't even know. What does that even mean? How do I even respond to it? Like, are you asked, is this a yes or no question? How do I? And it's like, it's whatever response that you feel like is adequate. Do you love yourself? Yeah, some people love themselves and they, no offense, shouldn't because of the <laughs> sense. No, no offense because of who yeah. you are is a piece of shit. You're, yeah. uh, you're a rude person. But at the end you of know, the day, yeah, who, you, but, but who are you to judge? That is true. But you know, it, if they feel like the person in the life that they are living is adequate, and is up to par for what they want to do with mm -hmm. their life. This is true. What do you have control over? Nothing. Oh, that is very true. What mm -hmm. all you have control over is your actions towards them. So all you can do going forward is show them love, show them respect for a, being a human being, 
not respect that goes for family and friends and coworkers and people that you consider to be in your close circle. Mm-hmm. Not that level of respect. The level of respect that you receive as a mere human being. Because I do not align with you. I do not roll in your circle. I do not agree with the human being that you are. But I will stand in who I am. And you will not alter who I am because of who you are. Yeah. So I will continue to show you love. Yeah. Why? Because that's who I am. I You're not giving that. me any love. Mm-hmm. You know, so many times at my previous location, people would say, you know, why do you still talk to her? Why do you still clean up her tables? Why do you bust her tables for her? Why do you water her tables for her? And it's like, because that's who I am. It has nothing to do with who she is. It has nothing to do with who he is. It has to do who, with who I am. Mm-hmm. And it, I'm not giving to receive because my cup can be all the way full, can be half full, and yet I know what I'm willing to give away. Mm. I know what I'm willing to sacrifice. I know what I'm willing to say, here, this is yours. It's just like gifts that you give someone. I feel like a lot of people give a gift. You know, they say, oh, here, I gave you this. And you say, oh, well, I'm going to give you this. And it's like, well, my gift was way bigger than yours. Mm -hmm. You know, how is this fair? And it's like, that's not what it comes down to. What comes down to is the fact that you're trying to compare yourself to someone else's actions. And you shouldn't be doing that. Your, your comparison is solely within yourself. Your comparison, your validation needs to come from within or you will never reach a point of harmony. Mm-hmm. You will never reach a point of peace because you're constantly relying on exteriors to fulfill you. You're constantly relying on someone else to give you what you need when... You have what you need. You're able to give away what you're willing to lose. Yeah. You know? I think when people do that and they go soul searching, they find it in substances and with friends. Yeah. It's natural. I know I did. And that was a hell of a wrong road. (laughs) (laughs) It was. Um, I think people need to be careful. And I think it's true that they do need to you know, do all that. And it doesn't matter about the other person, but what does matter is what you do. But when you're trying to go figure yourself out, it's, uh, naturally you try to look around and grab, gravitate towards like, okay, who are my friends? What Mm -hmm. are they doing or what are they not doing? And how do I, how do I become who I am? Yeah. Sometimes it's your work environment that needs to change. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's your um, your Friends. friend environment. Yeah. yeah, you gotta start asking yourself like, okay, you know, is this person who I I uh, forget who says it. Uh, well, Joe Osteen says it a lot. You know, you know, look at your friends. Like in in five years, you know, where are you gonna be at? But like, if you want to know where you're gonna be at in five years, look at your friends. Yeah. If your friends are, I think he says, if your friends are going places, they have a spirit of kindness, excellence, uh, courteous. If they have gratitude, that's what you're going to have too. And I agree with that. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, you're going to be trapped in that maze with these shitty ass friends while you're trying to find yourself. Um, and you're, you're, it's just holding you back. But, you know, like with, you know, I have a lot of great friends, um, who I've experienced in my life that have shot me to where I'm at, yeah. uh, whether I talk to them still or not, they made me into this guy. Like there's a thing guys, all the guys I used to be friends with 
no offense, but like that weren't good examples back then because they taught me on how not to be towards my girl or how to, uh, you know, what example to be, um, even the men in my life that are around have taught me how to not be towards a woman. And I think that's the most important thing is understanding if you're trying to soul search the easiest way, instead of trying to look for what you're wanting in life, I personally feel like is knowing what you don't want. Yeah. That's the easiest way. Just know what you don't want, know what you won't deal with, know what you don't tolerate, know what, and then that's going to in return, tell you what you you do. do, right? Right. Yeah. But I feel like so many people try to go after like, man, what do I like? What do I, am I this? What am I that? What am I? It's like, nah, dude, yeah. like figure it out. Do you like drinking? Do you like smoking? Do you like all these things? If you don't, then you need to look for that in someone else. Do you like yeah. it when somebody gets angry at you? Do you like it when someone doesn't communicate? Right. Do you not like it when someone doesn't like it? So, but a lot of these things that people like those mm-hmm. things that people don't like, they exude. Yeah. And it's like, well, how yeah. are you saying that you don't like that, but you do it? But I think Which that is that's a, a draw within themselves is yeah. it's a projection of I don't like this because I don't you know like it's when people you do that mm-hmm. because they do it. Yeah. You know, it's just like a lot of people turn out to be like their parents. The number one thing that they don't want to do is turn out to be their parents. And yeah. that's exactly what they do. Yeah. And it's because they haven't taken the time to just divulge into themselves and figure out, OK, hold on. Wait a minute. Let me sit back and look at my actions. Let me sit back and look at my words and go through what I'm actually feeling. You know, I was having a conversation literally before I left work earlier with a coworker, and he was saying that him and his girlfriend are falling out and they've been together for a year and they've just been on rocky terms. And he was telling me, you know, he was like, you know, I get sick and she throws it in my face. She says that I'm not doing enough, that I need to get off off the couch and get up and move around. Mm-hmm. And he was like, you know, I'm sick. Like, what do you expect me to do? Like, I have 103 fever. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so I was, I, all like other coworkers are kind of going off. And I waited for a, a pausing moment. I was just like, at the end of the day, if you feel so strongly about this, that you're coming here and you're speaking about it and the light that you're speaking on it in, I think you really need to go home and really sit down with yourself and think about, really if this is someone that you see in your future and if it's not why are you doing this why are you spending your time here Mm -hmm. why are you dedicating all of this energy to this person because it's not just energy that you're giving to them look at yourself right now you're standing at work in a corridor talking about them Mm -hmm. to everyone else so it's like you're not only letting them take your energy when you're at home, you're now letting them take your energy when you're here. And that's only what you've reached a point of breaking and talking about it. So what's going on in your mind when you're not speaking about it is clouding you, is weighing on you. It's it's dictating how you're making decisions. Mm-hmm. And I feel like a lot of people that have significant others that are not in healthy relationships, which I think is extremely difficult to find, is they let it dictate a lot more of their life than what they realize. And it starts to skew personalities. It starts to skew direction, purpose, the whole nine yards. You know, you were talking about purpose earlier, and I didn't know my purpose. For the longest time, I was like, what is purpose? 
you know, I was like, how do you even find that? You know, is it through a job? Is it through a career? And it really wasn't until like six months ago, eight months ago, I figured out my purpose. And that is being a mom. At the end of the day, it's being a mom. Mm -hmm. Like I have all of these other things, which I call them my calling. I love to help people. I love to be there for people. I love to talk to people. I love to give people direction. You know, if you call me in the middle of the night, I'm going to be there for you unless I have my son. Then I sorry I can't because priorities. But my purpose at the end of the day is my child and mm -hmm. is being a mother. That is my purpose. And as long as my life follows the path of exuding the characteristics of being his mother, then everything is okay. And I think that's what a lot of people struggle with when it comes to finding your purpose. They feel like it needs to be a job. It needs to be something that's super impactful for the world. When in reality, your purpose isn't any of that. It's what God has in store for you. Mm -hmm. What God has to be your root for your foundation. And that for me is being a mom. That for someone else could be being an artist. That for someone else could be podcasts you know reaching out to people being there for people in that way that mm -hmm. for someone i mean it's just it's different for everyone but it's finding what that route means to you you know and that could be your purpose is journaling every night mm -hmm. you know it's it's not as heavy and weighing as people try to make it out to be it's really just how you plan your life to be in it yeah a lot of people don't realize that they uh, don't have a skill yeah I mean, you need a skill to have a purpose. If you don't have a skill or anything to offer, then what are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> you need to figure out a skill, yeah. you know, figure out a skill for men. It could be a trade or like for me, it's not even a trade. It's just that I like talking, you know, I like talking about feelings. Yeah. I, I don't mind having uncomfortable conversations. Right. I don't mind being vulnerable. I don't mind talking about my dirt. I don't mind talking. It's not even dirt. It's real clean. It's like my life. You know, yeah. I don't mind talking about these things but you know for some people it's like you know they don't know their purpose in life and they're old or middle-aged or young whoever and it's because you have no skill yeah and if you don't have a skill but why do you not have a skill because you have not gotten to know yourself. yourself yeah to figure out what the hell do you like to do what are you right. good at yeah. what do you think you're good at you know and and, and go for it and it's mm -hmm. scary but it's like now you're living right exactly. now you're living now you're living life because you weren't living life before. Yeah. You know, like and you you now you're living life and you need God, obviously, to help you out with that. Um, but that should be your purpose also, because I was actually talking to my grandpa about it um, right now. I was talking to him and I was telling him how, uh, you know, my whole purpose is that the reason why I try to work out every day not that I try I do work out every day and the reason why I do have these conversations and I am posting on these podcasts and I'm doing these things is because I'm doing it for his glory and for him you know I want him to say that that you know that's my son and I'm I'm well pleased because everything I do is should be for him right. that's my purpose at the end of the day that's mm -hmm. my purpose if you strip me completely fucking naked I hate to say it like that because I'm talking about God, but like, if I see that Cedric coming out, <laughs> that's, 
He's coming. Not naked in a physical sense. Yeah, no, no, it's Cedric being raw. So like, if if you if you just strip me of everything, my, my cross, my tattoo, everything, you can't take what's inside set in stone in me. And a lot of people have this void um, in them that that they have no purpose. If you want to have true purpose in life, find God, mm-hmm. and God is there for you. Yeah. Uh, it's, he's literally on the other side of the door. You just have to open it and it's up to you to open it. But, and a lot of people don't want to hear it. And the thing is, it's not, it's not them that doesn't want to hear it. It's what's inside of them. Yeah. It's the spirit that has you lost. And, uh, this, yeah, this fearful spirit, but it's not you because everybody wants it. Everybody wants to be enlightened and have purpose. But yeah. there is this, uh, spirit that is in you. It is, if you don't have it that uh if you don't have purpose it's in you because it doesn't and if you have a problem with god it's because somebody along the way has made you had that problem with god and and it wasn't them it was the spirit that was trying to block you from what they know is on the other side of that fence if you accept and when you accept Mm -hmm. god and when you accept in our world christ you know jesus christ and there's a whole um you can't stop it after that. It's mm-hmm. you have purpose. You you live for something that's not you. Your problem is is that you're living for the world. You're living for money. You're living for women. You're living for men. You're living for cars, houses, and you have this void. Uh, my boy called me last night. He's like, man, I'm gonna go home and watch Narcos season three, like they're in Mexico or whatever. I think that's what he said. And he's like, it's crazy. This dude has all this money, all this stuff, and all this whatever. And he has this void. And I was like you know, he's lacking God. He's lacking that only void. Only thing that can fill that void is, is, uh, the truth. But along with that truth allows you to start seeing the truth within yourself. It opens that spiritual eye of you. And that's a hard thing to come to conclusion with that. A lot of people like to make themselves think that they are this amazing and great thing. And honestly, you're not. Right. Even when you think you are, you're not. Cause you are if you're, what you are because of who you were created by. Yeah, exactly. And you're if you're trying, if you're always continually growing, you're always going to be changing. You're always gonna, there's always something different, and that's the remaining of humbling yourself. If you think you're great, and if you think you're you're the bee's knees, well, you're not growing anymore. Probably right. nine times out of ten, you're not growing. You need to grow some more. You right. need to you need to fix something in your life. You need to Well growth is never ending too. It's never. No. And like you were saying earlier before we started, you asked me, uh, how am I doing or you know, like how have I been? And yeah. I was like, you know, I'm I'm happy, I'm great, I'm doing really good. Yeah. You're like, Well, what is that? Why? Yeah. And then I was like, Well, it's cause, you know, I'm enjoying you're good. <laughs> you're good. I'm enjoying my day to day. I know what I want in life. I know my purpose in life. I know who I want, what I want, what I'm going to do, how I'm going to get there. And I'm getting after it every day and I'm loving life. I'm loving it. And you're like, well, it's not, it's not success that you're loving. It's the process. And it's like, yeah, I'm falling in love with this process called life. This slow, patient, loving process. That's awesome. It is awesome and it's beautiful every day. It's like a, I almost feel when I'm knocking stuff out, sounds so weird. I feel like there's a symphony or like violin or mm-hmm. something playing in the background. Yeah. It just feels so like poetic and so like 
feels good like you're like you're it feels like i'm working through the universe like i could feel it all like laying yeah Mm -hmm. the flow of like everything and i'm like wow this feels right i feel like i'm truly with one with god and he's one with me and i'm being guided and i'm listening properly and i'm becoming the man that i need to become no matter what people around me or say to you know think or Mm -hmm. i i know what they may say um like you said earlier i'm doing it for me and and that's what people should do for each other or do for themselves yeah. And then it's our job to go help out other people get there. Kind of right. like with this. Yeah. You know, it's it's our job. I think it's our job. If, if that's the purpose is I feel like everybody's purpose here is to go help out right. the people around Spread you. Spread the word. Yeah. Go help out people around you because there are a lot of people who are mentally ill and sick. And we need help yeah. them. And in return, it helps you yeah. because it reminds you of where you were. Like, right. I know you were talking about that mountain stuff, right? Well, it's good that we're up here. And yeah, we can give them the tools and we, you know, we should, but like not to where it drains your energy because it does regress you when you try to too much. Right. But hey, man, here and there, like you said, when you're, they need a call or whatever, you're there for them. But that's because it's our job. It's, it's, it is, it's a, that in itself is another purpose for life is yeah. to assist and help other people to not be selfish. Right. But be selfish because you need to figure out yourself. Yeah. But in the same return, it's a healthy selfishness. That's why I talk about narcissism. There is such thing as healthy narcissism because I volunteered this past year for Thanksgiving. Yeah. But although I'm doing it for someone else, I'm actually doing it for myself. Right. Healthy narcissism. Because you feel fulfilled mm-hmm. by filling the cups of others. Exactly. So it's healthy narcissism. Right. But now, <laughs> exactly. It is. Yeah. It, but it, it's not like I was just like, doing it for pure pride and ego like right. and 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 boasting on you yeah. know social media although i did post it to social media but that was just to inspire people to possibly go do that for themselves, for, for themselves or for yeah. someone else like hey let's get out here and you know help people we are if you're on social media you probably have the means to go help someone yeah. you know to volunteer your body to go do, do something do something yeah um Otherwise, if you don't have social media, then you're poor. And and that's that's like legit poor. No, seriously, like that's legit poor where you can't afford a phone, a phone or network that. or Wi-Fi or something right. to have that. Like, I don't think we understand the luxuries that like we truly have in this life and we lack and we're always looking at next best. And it's mm-hmm. like, dude, squeeze the juice out of whatever the hell what you, you got right now. Like that's why i talk about how, like exercising if you have legs there's kids that's what my, my boy we we're talking about last night you know there's kids that he knows a friend of his that has been blind for six years um who just recently got blind there's a person who you know there's people who can't have children mm-hmm. you know and then you hear these moms all the time complaining about oh i need a break mm-hmm. you know i need this and that and and rightfully so you know but at the same time realize that you have a child you have so, you have someone there, you know, yeah. and if you don't, at least if you don't have kids and you're alone for myself, it's like, well, you know, I have dogs, love my boys, find joy in that and then also find joy in myself. Well, how do I do that? Well, I want to look good every day. I want to have a nice haircut. I want to have a nice body. I want to have a nice mind. I want mm-hmm. to better. I want to read another book. I want to learn some more knowledge, yeah. stuff that makes me feel better. Like start finding things that make you feel better, more fulfilled, 
it's it's going to give you purpose and you you're, you're able to it's just i feel like a lot of people i posted today uh because i posted on a it was a sound um from a song it's uh less brown and he says that a lot of people want to complain about their situation they like to complain about the situation but they don't want to do anything about it mm-hmm. and that's like the realest thing ever a lot of people like to say that oh i'm 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 really looking for myself or I'm searching for myself or whatever. Actually, you're running from fear. You're running, you're fearing, you're running yourself into a corner and you're talking yourself into a corner. Right. Now you may be looking for yourself, but you got to get with somebody who is healthy that can get you to that, that state. When you have to be mentally ready to be able to work with that somebody. Yeah. You got to be mentally ready because you're going to hear a lot of shit you don't want to hear. Yeah. Because they're going to put you in a place where you're uncomfortable. They're going to ask you a lot of uncomfortable questions. And it's going to make you feel ashamed. And it should. Because you're shedding an outer layer and becoming something new. And it's going to be terrifying because you're in new uncharted territories. Mm -hmm. And that's good. You know, you should like that. You should keep looking for that. I think I posted the other day that said uh, fear exposes what we are. um, How'd it go? Actually, I have it in my notes, and I'm going to say just because I don't usually get on my phone whenever I'm on. It's my first time, so hey. Um, fear reveals where you're not free. Hmm. Right? Hmm. That's what I said. That's a good one. I was like, huh. And I thought about that, and I was like, okay, well, what am I fearing in life? Yeah. And I started thinking, and I was like, okay, well, I attacked a lot of stuff towards the end of the year. Now what am I afraid I attacked of? a lot of stuff. I did. I had a lot of hard conversations. I had a hard conversation with my dad. I had a tough conversation, you know, with my grandma. I had a tough conversation, um, you know, with an ex. I had to let a lot of stuff go. I, mm-hmm. I, I just had some difficult things that I had to do for myself. It wasn't yeah. for them. It was for me. Yeah. And it's setting me free. Mm-hmm. And I feel free. And now it's like, well, what else am I afraid of? And, next <laughs> and and that's how i'm figuring out my new year's resolution yeah is what am i afraid of it's not a resolution of what i want to do it's like okay what am i it's scared what you're of? gonna achieve yeah what am i scared of yeah well i'm afraid to run a marathon because that's a lot of miles i don't know if i can do that well let's write that down uh i'm afraid of running you know this or doing this let's write that down i'm afraid of maybe starting this new business that i'm working on and I don't know how people are going to take it if people are even going to be interested in it. Okay, we'll write that down. Mm-hmm. And we're going to attack every single one of these this year. Right. That's what we're doing. Yeah. We're no longer, and we're not wasting time. We're not giving yourself time because all that is just excuses. Yeah. It truly is. I agree with that. That's nice. I like that. Writing down your fears so you can attack them for head on. Yeah. What are you afraid of? Like, what am I afraid of? Are you asking me? Sure. Let's oh, go for it. Gosh. Name one thing that you think you're afraid of right now, and it's already on your head. You just don't want to say it. <laughs> oh, man. That's how it works. What am I afraid of? I think. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Now I have 10,000 thoughts running through my head, and I can't grab any of them. Sounds like 10,000 things you need to go attack. Yeah, really. No. Uh, <laughs> well, they're honestly like things I'm grabbing, and I'm like, no, no. No. Um, honestly, I I think the biggest thing is I, what I'm afraid of is divulging and giving my time to someone in the hopes of something being nutritious and fulfilling for me and my family and it not. 
and not being that. Are you afraid that they won't give that to you? Or are you afraid that you won't be able to give that to them? No, I'm afraid that they won't give that to me. Because mm-hmm. I'm grounded in myself. I don't question myself. Like, I question myself, but I don't... When it comes to the context of where I am in my journey, that in questioning myself would be when things happen with others, like what their own perception is. And that's where I would become, okay, what am I willing to settle on here? What am I willing to divulge into here? And really for me, the fear is not within myself. It's when it, within others. It's within the fact of I don't trust society. I don't trust men these days. I don't trust their intentions. Even if a man tells me that his intentions are pure, I don't trust it. Mm-hmm. And I don't trust it because I've been lied to. I've been taken advantage of. And, you know, the past two people outside of my son's father have told me that their intentions were extremely pure and turns out that the whole time they had a girlfriend. Hmm. So. Funny. That's been. Not funny, but funny how ironic. Like that happens. It happens often more than (laughs) what you think. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's just kind of become just a, I'm going to just do this life by myself. I'm going to just vibe with me. I know that I give myself what I need. I know that I give my son what he needs. And whatever I can't fulfill for him, his dad will give to him. And so, you know, the fearfulness of not finding someone that will ever meet the standards that I have set for myself and for my family and for my son. Because at the end of the day, anyone that I bring into my life in that, in that regard has to meet certain standards for my son mm-hmm. which is good yeah it's good that you have that a lot of some women just take Don't. all kinds <laughs> of kids around their fa- their yeah their kids no. or sorry all some all women take all men. kinds of men yeah, yeah. around their kids and will, i don't willingly. like i don't let him be around <clears throat> anyone i hardly even bring him on my friends i'm very selective with who i let in his presence because and, and i just had to throw out there yeah. some men bring a lot of women around their kids their kids and it's like dude mm-hmm. oh yeah i mean i talked to a guy it's and embarrassing he, would, he his daughter was from california and he, she would come stay with him she was three he didn't have a babysitter for her so he would bring her to my house while he would go to work and i would take care of her while she while he went to work that was one of the ones that turned out he had a girlfriend the entire time. Interesting. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, you're leaving your child with me when your girlfriend's own. I think it's about being patient, honest, and open, and just digging. Yeah. What I've learned in my experience in life is that people can't handle more than two or three questions being asked to them without... Uh, without Feeling overwhelmed. Yeah, 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 yeah. You can and dig. being like, ooh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They'll, they'll, they'll avoid. And once they avoid uh that's when you know you're on the spot you're yeah. like all right let's keep digging because yeah. you'll push them away they'll they'll move away uh you don't have to send them away they'll go away they'll move yeah. away i learned that with um cells and then i learned that with practicing it yeah uh you know it's like with kids and that's how we were taught it's it's kids um you tell a kid you see a kid mess up and they're like, they got a good lie usually at first, mm-hmm. right? If they know how to lie, 
Right. You know, they'll, they'll tell you, like, any, any kids don't know how to lie. They just lie. But, like, you know, they, they figure out after they got in trouble one time, like, oh, I don't want to do that again. So they figure out a way to I lie. didn't need it. The kitty cat ate it. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> there you go. So then it's like they lie to you and they're like, okay. And then you're like, well, are you sure? You know, you like. Chocolate on your chin. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, no, well, okay. And then they're like, all right, well, I'm going to learn from that. The brain learns. Yeah. So then you keep. So in, in, in regards to men, you know. I always tell, I used to tell my mom, like, you know, cause she's, you know, they're divorced mm-hmm. and, uh, I would tell her like, Hey, look, if you got a 45 year old guy, um, that is divorced or if he's divorced, there's a reason if he's single, there's, there's a reason, a reason. <laughs> you know? So figure out that reason. If somebody is single, no matter what age, I feel like there's a reason figure that out. If they, and they have been with someone, you got to talk about their past. How was this last relationship? How was that? How'd you handle this? How'd you handle that? I feel like you do. I feel like people who don't want to talk about their past is because one, they haven't looked at themselves and two, they just don't want you to see, cause they know that it's just, they just don't want to have that. They don't feel they're not comfortable enough with themselves to be like, yeah, you know, I messed up. I, went through I, I was actually, actually a horrible person. I was bad. Yeah. Um, my first girlfriend that i ever truly truly had a girlfriend um we dated for five years and uh i was young like i don't even i mean it was a real one but like i was 15 dude i was asking my dad for like valentine's day money you know what i mean like hey you know like that's not really you need to buy her some flowers and Kroger. you feel me like can you take me so it's not like that wasn't as real because i mean it was real as we got older right but uh, you know, wasn't like paying bills and all that stuff. Like what goes on with like mm-hmm. the reality, mm-hmm. you know, it was adult, adult relationship. Yeah. But with her, I had messed up because I had, uh, I didn't mess up, but like, there was like these, these girls being funny and fishy and they were mingling with my relationship. Um, but what happened was, is that I was texting about a friend and I, I'm just, being like I know how to be honest about pretty much what I'm trying to say is that like you just you know you be you're honest about what you've gone through and you tell it to that person who you're talking to and if you're not hearing that from them and they're always saying that yeah she was like this or she was like that and they only lightly brush up you know I had my faults too but okay well what faults did you have yeah what faults did you have oh well I called her this I called her out of her name I you know I hit her a couple times I did this I was like oh well, that's a lot, but hey, you're being honest, and now it's up to you to decide. Yeah. Are you willing to? Well, what have you done since then? Right. You got to figure it. It's all in context, but it's just yeah. like. But if they're not saying that, and they don't want to go into deeper, like, and even when they give you a response, keep asking. Well, yeah. why did you hit her? Yeah. Because I bet you can get some rage out of that. Oh yeah. You know, like. And then you're not looking for that rage, but it's like no, you're, looking you're looking for the to see the response of how they are now. Yeah, like did you really that's what's substantial? Yeah, did you really learn from what the right. hell you went through? Yeah, you know, and how did that feel? And then you also get to now that you're getting more intimate, you're getting right. more deeper. So it's exactly. like, well, that's yeah, you're getting deeper. So it's it, that's good. That it's like, yeah, you know, maybe uncomfortable for them, but if this is going to be your partner. You need to know that deep, dark right. hole that they're in. Like, yeah. like you need to know that side of their mind where it's like, yeah, I was Messed a completely here. horrible person. I feel for her. I tore her life up. Yeah. I feel sorry for her. 
you know, it is what it is. I've apologized to her. We've addressed it, but we know we can't move forward on it. Yeah. But it has made me who I am today and I am learning from it. I'm trying and I am looking for something that whatever, yeah. whatever it is. But and that's just a scenario. But it's just like a lot of people aren't willing to be that vulnerable, open and honest. And it's causing a problem in relationships. Right. It's causing a problem. And they're just going to continue this shit until someone just finally don't doesn't ask and accepts yeah. them for what it is for what, yeah they're gonna keep bouncing the around mental level that you're at hey i'm here too let's stick here together yeah and then you know it's that couple that lies to each other yeah and that's the, the prime example of the toxic relationships that a lot of people have it is and then they come in they're talking about it oh he did this and oh he did that and it's like, it's well, like what did you, you do yeah and you also sound stupid because you're in it yeah you're sticking with him yeah you're going through it and then five months down the road Oh, he did this again. I'm like, why are you still with him? Yeah. Why are you still in this? I don't yeah. want to even hear about it. Like, I don't even want to talk about it no more. Like, I've I've said my it's opinion. Draining. I've told you. Now I'm just drained. It's draining. I'm done. It's draining. And I just wish people would be more health, much more healthier with themselves because, uh, and honest with themselves. Yeah. Learn how to ask yourself tough questions learn how to stand on your ground yeah well find a ground first <laughs> literally yeah like find your ground well, and have like self-respect mm -hmm. and at the end of the day people so much so rely on which is where a lot of what we're talking about is rooted in self-esteem their self-esteem is so unbelievably low because they talk they, dirty to themselves. They're, they're right. like, they talk so negative and yeah. horrible to themselves. Because that's, that is what is in, internal. Like you're, you're, the way that you speak to, well, I guess, okay, so like your self-respect is internal. No, your self-esteem is internal. Your self-respect is external. What people, you allow people to do to you is external. You actually teach people how to treat you. Exactly. And your self Mm -hmm. esteem is within you that's what you have control over right if your self-esteem is significantly low your self-respect is going to be significantly low and you're going to let people abuse you correct in all kinds of means mm -hmm. but if you build your self-esteem you know who you are you're grounded in who you are you're confident you're in a healthy that. way exactly. not in a negative not way because people can get really carried away with it and, and yeah, you be, don't let your ego take over. Yeah, and very prideful. Yeah. And I'm, you know, this like... I am the be-all, end-all. Uh -huh. Not in that aspect. No, in a healthy way. Yeah. That knowing. you're good for the people around you. That exactly. people want to be involved in your life. They, yeah. they say good things behind your back. Right. Not negative things. And people yeah. are going to talk mess, but... They you know, always do. But well, it's just for the, the for the majority majority of the people, they say good things. Right. You know, like, well, the better you are, the more people are going to talk about you. This is true. The more yeah. negatively people are going to yeah. talk about you. Because yeah. that's the more the devil wants to encroach onto you. Because, oh, wow, you're more grounded in your lo and you love down. and self and self-preservation. And the Lord is really shining through you. Let me attack you. Right. And he's going to use all of his little minions to do such. Yeah, or whenever you're getting attached to somebody who is godly, he'll come at you real hard. Oh, yeah. Because he wants to pull you away from that. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people do cave to it. They and do. a lot of people that are spiritual and have their direction cave to it mm -hmm. and it's sad to see because i mean it's it happens all the time and it really for the person that gets driven away from the relationship on, one second uh okay go ahead 
Sorry. <laughs> Seen something. The person that gets driven away from the relationship really, I mean, in my experience, it loses their connection with the Lord. Yep. They don't have that anymore. They don't know what that looks like. They don't know how to maintain that anymore. Yeah, because they don't want to lose that that person. So they lose that yeah. that side of them. Yeah. It, it happens. And you got to watch that. And then they eventually lose that person because that person is still trying to be a part of the world. Exactly. Still trying to be. Well, I mean, I'm talking about the person that has caved to the world. Correct. I mean, no, I'm talking about the person that hasn't caved to the world. That's still that's the other partner in the relationship that's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, I am connected to the Lord and I yeah, do yeah. want this. And this is this is the love that I want to exude. And then you have the other person on the other hand that's caving to the world with it. Well, then they lose you and they lose their connection to the Lord, even though you both started on the same path. Mm -hmm. Well, one took the upper route, one took the lower. And then this person is left feeling very alone. And so is this person. But this person, you know, when the spiritual path looks down or not looks down, but looks at someone that has walked away, a lot of times people feel like oh well they're getting everything they're they're receiving you know this new job promotion this these new friends these new family da, 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 da. but that's what the devil wants you to see yeah they're really not he's happy. gonna bless them yeah bless them and and i saw this video the other day about the how there's two sides of a blessing mm -hmm. you know you've got these famous people and these rappers and these billionaires millionaires whatever that are being blessed every day for doing awful things, mm -hmm. terrible things. Those blessings aren't coming from the Lord. No. They're they're from the devil. Absolutely. And they're skewed to make you think that they're coming from they're the Lord. They're blinding you. Exactly. Yeah, they're to giving make you, you think, you're, oh, well, if I do that, then I'll get that. You're getting <clears throat> you're getting pimped out by the devil. Pretty much. Because yeah. he's like, hey, uh, uh he's basically saying, like, here, take this little bit of uh you know, this little something, something, this little fiend and get the hell on. And, yeah. and it gets you through your days yeah. for however many years or Pretty months much. or whatever. Drugs. <laughs> yeah, straight up. Um, so for some reason it's saying uh, we're going to have to wrap it up. I know I hate okay. to do that, but um, I appreciate it. Thank you. It was a good conversation. Very good conversation. Any last remarks? Um, yes, my ball that I was going to drop. I, <laughs> You're going to do that now. Yes, I am. Uh -huh. It's very short and sweet and simple. Good. Um, so, you know, my name is Sydney Aspen. Yes. Mm -hmm. I go by Aspen now. Aspen. I do. Love it. You go by Sid, I go by Aspen. Hey, check it out. Sydney's my past self. I love her. She's beautiful. She's been through it. <laughs> but <laughs> I am now Aspen. You know, Aspen. All right. Well, it was good having you on. And I appreciate it. It was a good conversation. Very good. And uh, we'll see where it goes. Agreed. Cool. Thank you all for watching and love yourself so that you can go love someone else. <laughs>